0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Iron. Rosen traded to the Dolphins. I couldn't be more excited to become a Dolphin. Rosen looking down the field, and his pass is going to be... Made it. Our long national nightmare is over. Miami Dolphins football is back. And I'm not just talking training camp. I'm not talking shells and t shirts. I'm talking the full deal. Helmets, pads, jerseys, an opposing team to smack around or to smack us around. That's the beauty of this year, 2019. I don't care if we're on the giving or the receiving end of the butt whooping, because we have a direction, we have a plan, and the only thing that we need right now to transpire is we need development from our players, we need our players and our coaching staff to develop chemistry with one another, and we need time to pass. Because 2020 is a money-making proposition for the Miami Dolphins with 12 draft selections, in line for the 2020 NFL draft. This is where this team is going to build. This is where this team is going to improve. But we have to take the first step. And that means the preseason is here. The Miami Dolphins are facing the Atlanta Falcons on Thursday. And then next week, we've got two joint practices with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then we have the Bucks for training camp in Tampa Bay or for preseason in Tampa Bay. Life is good, my friends. Welcome to Fin It to Win it. Brought to you by ShipStation.com. Make sure you visit ShipStation and use the promo code BLUE, B-L-U-E, for a great deal that I'll talk to you guys about 15 minutes or so. We'll fill you guys in. But in the meantime, before we shift our eyes forward to the 2019 training camp, the 2019 season... We need to talk about one little lingering topic from 2018. And it's only a lingering topic because Adam Gase continues to deflect any responsibility for anything that's ever happened to him in his career as a coach. And it's getting old, Adam. i got to be real honest with you. Adam Gase was talking about Sam Darnold. And his experience thus far with Sam Darnold as a quarterback. And here's what he had to say. It's easy for me to call plays. He's not the kind of quarterback you're looking to protect. You're looking to turn him loose. There are no limitations on him. That's fun as a play caller. Now correct me for making a little bit of an assumption here. But you read between the lines of what Adam Gase is saying. And you think about the production that the Miami Dolphins offense had under its final 2 years under Adam Gase and, and you might be compelled to make the connection that you know Adam Gase is probably saying, "Hey, this is a different experience for me because this quarterback doesn't suck and I can cut him loose." Which I have a few problems with. And we're going to talk about Adam right now. Um Adam was very much a part of the formula that put the Dolphins offensively in the predicament that they found themselves in 2017 and 2018. So while Adam Gates may not have enjoyed calling plays for Brock Osweiler and Matt Moore and Jay Cutler and Ryan Tannehill, dude, you're part of the reason why that was the situation that you were faced with in Miami. Um, uh, first and foremost, you know, I made, I talked about this at, uh, dolphinswire.com, uh, USA Today branch for the Miami Dolphins. And I spoke about a couple factors that Adam Gase directly had a hand in that gives him absolutely no right to be passive aggressive or kind of backhanded jabs at the Miami Dolphins and what the offense was like when he was there. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Adam Gase viewed the offensive line, specifically the interior offensive line, is a quote-unquote luxury during his time with the Dolphins because the game's won within two and a half seconds after the snap. Ball should be out quick. Peyton Manning got the ball out quick all the time. Well, guess what? Peyton Manning's Peyton Manning for a reason. (laughs) And spoiler alert, Ryan Tannehill is no Peyton Manning. Neither's Jay Cutler, neither's Brock Osweiler. So when the Dolphins neglect the offensive guard position and their skill players, everything's being run within five yards of the line of scrimmage because they don't have a lot of dynamic threats to get vertical down the field. And even when you do, then you have to worry about pass protection to hold up in those situations. Um, It's going to be hard to protect your quarterback. And so the Dolphins have Ryan Tannehill get banged up and then they bring in Jay Cutler and Jay Cutler gets banged up and then they bring in... uh, Brock Osweiler and Tannehill gets banged up again in 2018. and The only solution that Gase had at hand of as is, is somebody who was very powerful in personnel decisions with the Miami Dolphins was signing Josh Sitton in 2018, who played like three quarters of a football game that got hurt and missed the rest of the year. Adam Gase never committed to running the football and keeping opposing defenses off balance. Miami's offense was 32nd and 25th in rush attempts over Gase's final two years in the team, with the team, despite being a top 10 team in yards per attempt rushing in both of those seasons. You ain't got to sling the ball around 32 times just for shits and gigs, Adam. And it was Adam Gase who brought in Brock Osweiler and Jay Cutler to step in for Ryan Tannehill and got an 8-11 record from both of them and the Nets yard gain per pass attempt were under six yards from both of them in over 600 combined pass attempts. Guess what? Those are Adam Gase's guys. So your guys are the ones that are underachieving, and yet you have no accountability for the way the situation played out, and it's just, oh, it's such a breath of fresh air. I can call plays and let guys cut it loose. Well, yeah, that's that's you, dude. You were also a very big part of the reason why the Dolphins never explored anything as far as setting the table for somebody besides Ryan Tannehill until you asked Matt Patricia, like on a phone call uh, on a Tuesday, get setting up brunch if Matt Stafford was available for trade. Adam Gase is probably surprised he likes Sam Darnold because he never bothered to study Sam Darnold ahead of the 2018 NFL draft. Despite Ryan Tannehill missing the year with an ACL injury and missing the last 20 games the Miami Dolphins played. He didn't study Josh Rosen either, which tells you how seriously they were taking the prospect of a quarterback instead of just being committed to Ryan Tannehill. So Adam, it might be refreshing. I'm happy for you that it's refreshing that you get to call plays with a guy who you could cut it loose with, but I don't feel sorry for you, man. Because you were one of the most predominant factors in the situation, being what it was in Miami during your tenure here with the team. I feel better having gotten that off my chest. That really bothered me reading that. I said, oh, give me a break, Adam. But enough about the past. It's time to talk about the future. It's time to talk about 2019. Dolphins have racked up, wrapped up their public practices Portion of their training camp schedule for the 2019 season. So we're going to inspect the winners and losers uh, from training camp, the 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 Dolphins' public portion of training camp, I should say. We still have much ahead of us as far as for preseason games, the practices that are involved in that, the game preparation process, and then obviously the cutdowns and deciding who makes the team. So we'll inspect winners and losers, and we're also going to run through my pre preseason game 53 man roster projection which just went up today at dolphinswire.com as well when i think about winners there's some obvious names that come to mind jerome baker right jerome baker his fingerprints are going to be all over this defense he's going to be a huge x factor uh, i think travis wingfield of locked on dolphins did a really great job outlining like f- f- three of the f- top four linebackers in the NFL for pass rush pressures were either New England Patriots like Kyle Van Noy or linebackers playing in New England Patriots style defense like Jared Davis playing with the Detroit Lions Uh, that's going to be Jerome Baker guys uh, Jerome Baker might lead the team in pressures this year Jerome Baker might lead the team in sacks let's just call a spade a spade I don't see Tank Carradine turning the corner for 8-10 to sacks this year. I don't see Charles Harris turning the corner for 4 sacks this year. I'm sorry, I don't. Maybe I'll be surprised. Um, I just do not think the defensive ends are very good, so the pressure's going to have to come from scheme. Jerome Baker looks the part. We heard a lot of buzz on Jerome Baker. He is backing it up, so that's fantastic. Uh, Pass catchers. Devontae Parker. Death taxes and Devontae Parker showing out in shorts. Let's... (laughs) I mean, here we are again. It's it's what year five, and once again, like everybody's all hyped up for Devontae Parker because uh, he can't be covered and he's big boy and guys at the catch point. And the question can can you stay healthy for a year, Devonte? Because like I'd really like to root for him. I was I was frustrated when the Dolphins decided they that they were going to bring him back, uh, but then they they altered his contract and it made it a much more team friendly situation. I said okay, like. He's got physical tools. Let's give the guy a shot. Let's see how it plays out. Um, But the other pass catcher that stands out uh, as being a big winner is Preston Williams, the undrafted free agent out of Colorado State. I had some speculation on whether or not I thought Preston Williams was going to be able to make the Miami Dolphins, despite the strong reviews from rookie minicamp and organized team activities. Just because Preston Williams did not bring you any value in the special teams. And I didn't know know, the Dolphins could keep five wide receivers or six. If they keep five, they've got Parker, Stills, Grant, and Albert Wilson. So now you've got Bryce Butler, who's got special teams abilities, versus Preston Williams for one spot. But I think Preston Williams has forced the narrative to change around him because of how good he has performed Day in and day out. That includes the team scrimmage with Josh Rosen throwing him the ball. Uh, That includes practices and one-on-one situations. He's gaining the respect of his teammates. Xavier Howard went on the record, or like on the record, and said he thinks Preston Williams is going to be a special player in the NFL. What more of an endorsement could you possibly ask for than one of the best corners in football saying, yeah, man, I I know talent when I see it. This guy's going to be a special football player. So I think Williams has really forced us to accept the fact that he gives us enough in the receiving game, or at least we're perceiving that he does based on his performances, uh, practice, that he has to make the roster at this point in time, which is a huge win for an undrafted free agent. Even if he was a guy who, based on talent, probably should have been drafted, uh, but had some off-the-field problems that kind of forced him to drop throughout the draft process. Another skill player that stands out to me, Kalen Balazs, uh, suddenly pushing for first team reps. I know he's got like a little bit of a lingering injury right now. That's impacted his availability at practice, but Bellage is pushing Drake for reps. And if the dolphins want to run a no nonsense style rushing attack up front, Balaj makes more sense than Kenyon Drake. Let's just be honest. Bellage is more of a no nonsense runner, a little bit more of a hammer. Kenyon Drake has really fought to uh, kind of shake the, the perception that he is a finesse-type runner and, and spends too much time dancing in the backfield. Belage doesn't carry that perception, and Belage can also be an effective pass catcher out of the backfield, so Kenyon Drake's also in a contract here. Dolphins could be prepping for life without him and want to invest in the younger player. A lot of different ways this way can go, or this one can go, but I think it's worth monitoring as we move forward. Jesse Davis, I think, is now officially a lock to start on the Miami Dolphins offensive line. They entered training camp with the plan on him playing offensive guard. They wanted to try him at right guard. Jordan Mills has stunk out loud from everything that I've read. And so now Jesse Davis is playing right tackle. But with the intention of playing him at right guard, he, he was groomed to play right guard, and now he's playing right tackle. And he's been effectively the first team right tackle ever since the Dolphins made the coaching change. And Dave DeGuglielmo is another winner of training camp in the, the public portion for the Miami Dolphins, and we'll talk on him in just a second. Uh, but Jesse Davis now, whether it is at guard or tackle, I think he is a very, very safe bet to start for a Miami Dolphins unit that effectively came into training camp with four open spots along the offensive line. Make it three. Daniel Kilgore appears to have locked down center, so make it two. I loved Michael Dieter, so make it one. Chris Reed has also stunk out loud. So that right guard position is going to be fascinating. This is it going to be Shaq Calhoun, the undrafted rookie out of Mississippi State? Is it going to be Chris Reed? I don't know. But Jesse Davis I think at this point is now a lock to start, which is great for Jesse Davis, makes him a winner of training camp. DeGuglielmo, uh hired earlier this offseason as an analyst after serving as the Indianapolis Colts offensive line coach in 2018 and doing a phenomenal job turning that unit around. And within a span of just a few short months, he's now the the Miami Dolphins' offensive line coach because the Dolphins got their ass kicked in short yardage and goal line by the Dolphins' defense the first two days of pads under Pat Flaherty. Flaherty says, that's enough. Appreciate your efforts. But we're going to go a different direction. And to DeGuglielmo's credit, the unit has looked better. Has it looked good? Well, that's up for debate, and I think the Atlanta game in preseason will be the first test of if it's good or not. I don't think it is, but it's better than what it was. And that in itself is progress for the Dolphins as they look to move forward and kind of get some stability up front along the offensive line. As promised, before we go any further on today's show, I would like to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, ShipStation. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter whether you're selling Amazon, Etsy, or through your own website, ShipStation brings you all orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get out orders quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. And right now, Finit2Winit listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use the promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card information. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including the U.S. Postal Service, FedEx, and UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best available rates. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, then enter promo code BLUE, B-L-U-E. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. As promised, two more talking points to get into today, including the losers, the who, the of Dolphins public practice of training camp. Offensive line is a big loser here. I've got three losers marked on the offensive line for the Miami Dolphins, starting with Jordan Mills. Jordan Mills signed after the draft, and was expected to be a plug-and-play starter for the Miami Dolphins at right tackle because he started four years for the Buffalo Bills and got steadily better, progressed into, I don't want to say good, because good's not the right word, an adequate starting right tackle at the NFL level, Jordan Mills. Now he's, he's effectively been booted to second-team, courtesy of Jesse Davis moving outside to offensive or offensive tackle, playing right tackle opposite of Larry Tunsil. So for Mills to come in and be pegged as a starter, which would have helped solidify the interior of the offensive line with Jesse Davis playing inside a guard and that not happening, that hurts. It almost hurts as much as having an offensive line coach who you hire in January and by July, I'm sorry, Let's check our dates here. Yeah, no, July. By July, <laughs> the end of July, you fired him, Pat Flaherty. Uh, four days of camp, two padded practices, could not get the onboarding process started. All offensive line is confused. They're slow out of your stance. They're not reacting quickly. Getting their butts kicked. Pat Flaherty gets fired. And Pat Flaherty getting fired also makes Chris Reed a loser, for the Miami Dolphins' public portion of training camp because Chris Reed came from Jacksonville after working with Pat Flaherty for two years. And he signed in part in Miami because of that connection because he wanted an opportunity to get a, win a starting job at the NFL level. Well, his big connection was Pat Flaherty, who got fired after two practices. And guess what? Chris Reed hasn't been very good in training camp either. And now you don't have the familiarity of the offensive line coach to really help make a case for you and justify you being a potential starter. So that development has been frustrating because Chris Reed, having seen a little bit of him over in Jacksonville, I was hoping and expecting he would come here and win a starting job. Whether that was pushing Kilgore at center or, or taking one of these guard positions, uh, my hope was Reed would win the guard spot opposite of uh, Michael Dieter, uh, the third-round rookie and it's been undrafted free agent Shaq Calhoun has been getting those reps instead a lot of the time in recent days. So that's not great. Also not great, Kiko Alonso dealing with a lingering injury issue that has kind of taken the wind out of his sails, entering uh, the the preseason portion of the the schedule, but Kiko's not on the most solid of footing. Kiko's going to be on the wrong side of 30 next year, uh, entering a contract year in which makes him fairly expendable because of low guaranteed money uh, a lot of frustrating plays from Kiko over the course of his time in Miami as far as like dumb penalties like spearing Joe Flacco on the ground uh, the Dolphins having an emergence of some younger guys um, the CFL kid Sam Egavone probably said it wrong I'll figure it out, don't worry Uh, came over from the CFL, he's he's kind of pushed Rayquan McMillan, uh, now pushing Kiko Alonso a little bit, Trey Watson, an undrafted free agent out of Maryland, who I liked as like a a fifth-round prospect, fourth-round prospect, early day three prospect in this past year's NFL draft, went undrafted. Nice break for the Dolphins to get a player of his caliber. But Kiko, between the injury and his track record versus what Brian Flores wants... And the fact that when he's been on the field, I don't think I've read Kiko Alonso's name once in any training camp summary practice. A single time. I don't think I've seen it. We've talked a little bit about Kenyon Drake getting pushed by Kalen Balage. Drake had a lot of hype coming into training camp this year because it's like, oh, finally, Drake's going to be a volume runner. No, maybe not. And if it's not the case, then let's just go ahead and stick a fork in Drake in Miami. Because if he ends up splitting carries with Jay Ajayi, and then they get rid of Ajayi to elevate Kenyon Drake, and then Drake's got to split carries with Frank Gore, and then Frank Gore leaves in free agency, and then he all of a sudden now has to split carries with Caleb Blake. It's just not going to happen. And at some point, like, there's a reason. So if Drake becomes a player that has to split carries again, that's just who he is. And that's frustrating because he's talented enough to be so much more than that. But Alabama never invested in him as a lead back. Adam Gase never invested in him as a lead back. If, and now, if Brian Flores does not invest in him as a lead back, it tells you something. Mike Gusecki, another frustrating young player, uh, still getting knocked around by physical defenders. Uh, he's had some nice flashes. He, he put on almost 15 pounds of muscle, which is excellent. Had a nice one handed catch, I think, the first day of practice. The, the Dolphins tweeted out the video clip of that. But by all reports, Gasecki continues to get knocked around by more physical defenders, which really shouldn't surprise you. Uh, that's a, that was play strength, functional play strength in space was never a strength of Mike Gesecki's. And I don't care how much weight he puts on, he was awkward in those situations. The play strength is awkwardness, it has nothing to do with, well, he's too skinny. That doesn't help, but at the end of the day, Gusecki's a player that plays best in space away from contact. He always has been, and he probably always will be. So to hear continuing struggles here of getting pushed around is frustrating. And then my last loser, Rashad Jones, and it's of no fault of Rashad Jones's that he's included on this list. I feel bad for Rashad because Rashad, you know, he had the, the big drama before training camp started. Is he happy with the Dolphins? Does he want to be traded? He had the drama at the end of the season last year with Gaze. Flores seems to work things over, calm things down, but then Jones is working out separate from the team and voluntary workouts, and the reason why is because he wants to make sure his body's physically ready, with especially with the shoulder issue. Uh, to play a full 16-game season, and now he's got a foot injury. And he was in a a, a walking boot the other day. Uh, I think think we saw him first at uh, the scrimmage on Saturday with the walking boot on. So, rough break for Rashad, and, and of no fault of his own. But it's like, oh boy, here we go again. Like, Rashad has consistently been one of Miami's best defenders over the course of the last 10 years. But for Rashad seemingly last five years, He's always been banged up, and you feel for him. And I hope it's nothing that's going to derail his his 2019 schedule, which uh, might be his last with the Miami Dolphins. To bring us home, Turbo Round. I promise it's going to be Turbo Round. I'm going to read through my projections entering the first preseason game for what the Dolphins' 53-man roster looks like. Not a lot of analysis here. Just want to set the table for you guys, and then we'll revisit it. Two quarterbacks, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen, make the 53-man roster at this point in my prediction. Three running backs, Kenyon Drake, Kalen Balazs, and Miles Gaskin. I know Mark Walton's in the running. Maybe he ends up on a suspended list. But they drafted Gaskin, and that, that tiebreaker gets him over the hump for me. One fullback. We got a fullback, Chandler Cox. Uh, Drafted him in the 7th round. You don't draft fullbacks if they're not going to make your team. Period. Six wide receivers, Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker, Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, Preston Williams, and Bryce Butler for the special teams component, Bryce Butler. Four tight ends. Gusecki, it's too soon to give up on him. Dwayne Allen, the veteran of the group. Durham Smythe, who's been an effective blocker, was a good blocker at Notre Dame. And Nick O'Leary, who has kind of been... Miami's best receiving option at tight end. Uh, offensive linemen, I have Laramie Tunsil and Jesse Davis, two starting tackles at this point. Also at offensive tackle, Isaiah Prince, Zach Sterum. Offensive interior offensive line, Michael Dieter, Shaq Calhoun, two rookies, Daniel Kilgore, Chris Reed, Jordan Mills, Jarrett Jones Smith. That's the rest of your offensive line. That's the offensive group. I've got 26 offensive players right now. Defensively, defensive ends, slash rush outside linebackers, edge defenders, whatever you want to call. Nate Orchard, Tank Carroting, Charles Harris, Jonathan Woodard, four. Five defensive tackles. I think we'll see a lot of odd fronts, and because of that, I think you'll see them get preferential treatment with the 53-man roster. Christian Wilkins, Devon Godchow, Vincent Taylor, Adolphus Washington, who has showed out well with the Dolphins, and Akeem Spence. Linebackers. We've got six of them. Jerome Baker, Raquan McMillan, Kiko Alonso, Andrew Van Ginkle, Sam Egwegevone, Egwevone. Like I said, I'll get it, don't worry. Trey Watson, another undrafted free agent. Uh, this would be three undrafted free agents between Shaq Calhoun, Preston Williams, and Trey Watson to make the Dolphins' 53-man roster. Cornerback, Zavian Howard, Eric Rowe, Cornell Armstrong, Tyler Patman, nickel defender, Minka Fitzpatrick. You want to call him safety, you want to call him corner. I don't care what you want to call him. I want to call him good. And then the safeties, Rashad Jones, Bobby McCain, T.J. McDonald, Walt Aikens. Again, a special teams guy. That's 24 defensive players, 26, 24. There's your 53 specialists. kicker, Jason Sanders, punter, Matt hack and long snapper, the man, the myth, the legend, John Denny back for yet another season with the Miami Dolphins. That is as of right now, my prediction for what the Dolphins 53 man roster will look like based off of training camp reports, based off of my own knowledge of the players, uh, based off of what I think we will expect to see and based off of how you build a roster. Time will tell, and we will revisit this and come back and take a closer look at it. But in the meantime, need you guys to hit subscribe on Fin It to Win It. Make sure you come back and talk to us again next week. We have the preseason game on Thursday this week. We have dual practices with the Bucks, so plenty to talk about. Looking forward to digging into all that. Come back and see us again next time. Thanks for listening to Fin It to Win It.